You are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> Aziz. Hey, Jay, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and joined as always, or not as always, but most times by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter for the Athletic. And Jay, uh, as the fan representative on this podcast, I was pretty... Um, angry i'll say about the results of game six uh i try not to be the guy who blames it on the refs but there's a lot of discourse about the refs now you objective journalist uh what were your biggest takeaways from game six and why was it not that uh tony brothers had this game rigged i've got to ask you a question first yeah how, how badly did you miss me during the post-game podcast not really at all i thought me and grenham had some pretty good chemistry um I don't know. It was a, it was a little weird, but uh, you know what? He he jumped right into the potable six pack. I thought he was pretty good at that, and so you know what? It was it was different, but I don't I don't think so. What was what was the top pick in the potable six pack? I have no idea. I don't remember. I was so flying off the rails, uh, enraged by that game that I don't remember. I'll what was listen, what would have been I'll your never top listen pick? To the you podcast. What? What would have been your top pick? Um, I think it was uh, Nick Nurse standing on the court. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a controversial pick. I I would have gone with Marcus Smart yanking the ball out of Norm Powell's hands when Norm Powell was hitting it out of Shemi Ojale's hands out of after the buzzer. Marcus that Smart was, was not going to allow those shenanigans <laughs> on his watch. That, that was, was hilarious. That was definitely was one of the picks, but um these teams don't we- like each other right now. It's hard to like each other. Like you shouldn't like a team that you're going double overtime into a elimination game. Um, and they're they, both very likable teams. Like in what they do, like they're really competitive. They're really hardworking. They play defense like hell. Both teams are like that. But playing against them, they are the most unlikable teams. Like Tatum's bitching all the time. Smart is flopping. Lowry's flopping. Nurse is bitching all the time. It's just. It's an incredible mix of competitors and well, it's annoyers. two bone saw defenses going against each other, bone saw on bone saw. I two bone saw defenses. Anyway, where you, you want to meet? You want yeah, to weigh in on the refs? The I mean, the whole controversy. There was some bad calls, but I like. I think Kemba got fouled late, um, but I also thought OG, but on that inbounds pass, like that should probably should have been called a shooting foul. The Nick Nurse being on the court is like ridiculous, but you can't really expect the refs to call that. That's just 
like random thing. I thought the Tatum tech where like Tony brothers runs in and investigates that for like flagrant after the whistle, after a call, after the fouls already been called on Larry was pretty bad, but I don't know. It's, it's easy to blame it on the refs, but you can also point to in, I don't remember if it was just down the stretch or, but Tatum had a couple turnovers. Uh, Jalen Brown had a couple turnovers. Uh, All of a sudden the Celtics went from having like the best offense or the best defense and not letting the Raptors score for the final five minutes of regulation to the Raptors scoring uh, 19 points and just knocking down huge threes, attacking Tyson, the pick and roll. So I'm going to embrace nuance here and say it was both, but I guess what's your take on the, on the referees? So I'm, I'm not sure from a single game refing standpoint that there was a, a ton that was missed. My bigger issue is that there's a real inconsistency with how the NBA handles contact. Yeah. And like if Tatum flailing is a technical foul, then Lowry cutting Jalen's legs out from underneath him should be some sort of non just personal foul. If, if smart, Contesting Van Vliet and Van Vliet, I thought he leaned forward and landing on Smart's leg. If if that's a flagrant, then why isn't Pascal Siakam inadvertently kicking Daniel Tice in the face flagrant? I, so I, I think I'm not sure it was necessarily how the refs called the individual calls, but more so that there's an inconsistency between what is deemed flagrant like if all unintentional dangerous plays are flagrants that's cool if if none of them are flagrants that's cool too but i feel like there has to be some consistency there it, it, that's that to me is is what has kind of stood out about this series like tatum's flail that that is a a very minor thing um if they don't review that, there's no way anyone thinks twice about that call afterwards. But then you review that and you see it in slow motion and you think that's like, yeah, it's going to be called a foul. But then at the same end, like Brad Wanamaker made Kyle Lowry bleed his own blood, like and basically in a similar kind of drive by move. I'm pretty sure they reviewed that and didn't call it. There's just like a weird consistency there. I just thought it was insane to kind of, and I think it's like maybe it's because of makeup call because of Lowry's like didn't get it in the past. But like why someone immediately ran in after that Tatum gets a foul called on him that they immediately have to review that. It just seemed like in that moment in overtime, just doing way too much. Yeah, I, I really do think the NBA needs to decide. And I get trying to protect guys, especially with like concussion stuff, trying to protect guys getting hit in the face especially after what happened with Kawhi protecting guys from coming up underneath. And, but I, I do feel like there has to be some layer of judging intent. Like Pascal Siakam, he kicked Daniel Tyson in the face. That should not have been a flagrant. There was no chance he tried to do that. But they didn't even review it, which is, in, which is wild. Yeah, so I, I just – I wonder, like, what the – why is there one type of play – where unintentional con- and dangerous contact is a flagrant and a different type of play, but same like same kind of 
circumstance or like same type of genre, if Ooh. you will, then then uh, that, that that's that's my only issue. I, and complaining about the referees after that game is not something I was going to do. Um, well, I didn't you, even, you, I didn't even notice Nick Nurse was on the court. Like when Tatum first passed to Nick Nurse. I had no clue Nick Nurse was standing there. I well, didn't notice he did that a, at all. He did a damn good job of uh, getting his ass way out of there uh, once that happened. But the the thing is, like, I'm talking about inconsistency. Is like I don't really have a problem with Kemba the foul on Kemba at the end of the fourth not being called, right? Because to me, there's just like this idea of it's playoff basketball. You have to earn it. The refs are going to swallow their whistle. But then if that is the case, you can't go and then call the technical on Tatum um, in the overtime. And then, like, if you're going to be, like, give the standard of playoff basketball, swallow the whistle, like, everyone has to earn it, you can't just then go and, um, like, kind of insert yourself into the game. And so it was just – it's frustrating from that point because, like, the game was so close, and it was an amazing basketball game. Um, Just absolutely fun, like – as a fan, despite the loss, but like it was intense. Uh, the Celtic, like both teams playing well, both teams like extremely tired. Um, I just thought it was a great game. And so it's kind of sh- shitty that it's like we're talking about referees right now, but it's, you know what? That's like kind of when you have two teams that are as grimy and as annoying as the Raptors and Celtics who are going to flop on everything and who are going to make it tough on the referees, it's like this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And they are both annoying, and and they both <laughs> competed so hard. That really was one of the craziest games I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, it was just a defensive battle for a while. Then the Raptors had twelve points in three possessions. Twelve and then points the, in three. Then to start the fourth quarter, it's a uh, boom. Three, three, three from the Celtics, and it's immediately they're back in this game, and yeah. like it was wild. And then it was all defense for a, another while, and then boom, one of the highest scoring overtimes, which was double overtime in playoff history. And so it's like, what the hell? There were every overtime, there was a a chance for one team to win it. We got a Norm Powell ISO, a Norm Powell ISO. To win the game. What was that? What was that? And then, I mean, Lowry. But then Norm was- Pell comes back and, like, knocks down a very key three right after Marcus Smart uh, had knocked down a three. I mean, the the Raptors going small, I, mean, I guess, to focus more on basketball here, it just did not work for them in game five. And so I was kind of surprised to see them go back to it. But in – why do you think it was so effective in the overtime? Do you think it's just the – players are tired like i'm thinking of that og3 which was pretty huge uh to get the raptors the lead again with about a minute left that's just a simple pick and pop with uh daniel tice he seemed a little bit slow but the the pal three was just a good movement for van vliet like why was this raptors going small so much more effective uh in game six than it was game five yeah i uh i didn't think it was that effective like super effective really like the end of the Raptors went scoreless for the final 424 of regulation. They went, they didn't score much at all in the first overtime. Like that was just a back and forth battle. 
So I, I didn't think it was like a, a killer thing, but, you know, on a couple of key plays, one of which was the OG Ananobi three, then that that's when it, it, it st- stood out. But I really didn't think for the most part that it was much of a mismatch. Like Tice caught a million alley-oops. Um, if OG misses that three from the top of the key, then it's a different game. Maybe close close out that game, and and we're talking about how you know Tice catching all those alley oops against the small lineup was what really mattered. That's fair. So, so I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily convinced by that, but I mean it was just a slugfest. It was yeah. such a, it was so fun to watch. That was just a. I don't like to use war comparisons in basketball games, but that was a war zone. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your Nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I know Packard likes to keep his balls tight and clean. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man like him. Because of their, their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which are so damn comfortable and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant. Nobody likes it better than when you smell beautiful down there. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Again, that get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. It, would, it absolutely was. Do you think that like them going small was, I mean, I'm just looking at the notes now, like Jalen gets stripped by Lowry. I don't think that's necessarily being like, small but then tatum gets stolen uh they're the rappers are doing a very good job as much as we blame the refs or fans will blame the reps the celtics has had some some bad turnovers uh in the fourth or in the both overtimes that made it so like the raptors could kind of get up uh and go from a four point uh being down four to kind of up four and it's just it, in close games like that you can't have uh a, like live ball turnover like that. The Tatum one seems especially bad because it led to Norm Powell getting the and one. Um, and that puts the the Raptors up four there. Like you just, I didn't Tatum. I like, despite scoring 29 points, despite his nine assists is whatever, 15 boards. I didn't think he had his 14. best night. Uh, thank you, J King. Well, uh, actually Kemba Walker, obviously struggling uh, to score points, but that's a lot because the Raptors are putting a lot of attention on him on defense. But then you have key turnovers from Tatum and Brown down the stretch. What did you think about the Celtics kind of offensive execution, uh, especially late? I thought, I mean, they, they just had some timely turnovers. Like if, if you look at their turnover totals, it it wasn't crazy, especially for a double overtime game. 
especially against the Raptors. But some of the timely ones, and, and beyond just the turnovers, I thought the decision-making in general could have been better. Like Smart passed up a wide-open layup. I thought Tatum a couple times passed up shots to do tougher things. Um, I, I just I just felt like like their decision making on a whole wasn't great. And the Raptors were a huge part of that. Like they they fly around and they Nick Nurse seemed to decide if we lose tonight, it's not gonna be Tatum and Kemba that beat us. And and I thought in the first half, obviously, that let Jalen Brown get all the way off. The Celtics took 23 corner threes, which is just an immense amount, and made 11 of them, which is an immense amount. They Including were, two from Grant Williams, who in my brain still hasn't missed a three-pointer in the playoffs. Eight for 12. <laughs> eight for 12 in the playoffs. How about that? Who would have ever thunk that? But, yeah, I, I just thought, like, they, their decision-making wasn't crisp enough at like uh to beat the Raptors against a lot of defenses that's fine and and I thought Tatum like Tatum was close to willing himself to a a big game I I felt like like the third quarter he didn't get it going at all but when things were going wrong for the Celtics he went and got fouled a couple of times like he made a, a couple of shots. I just I felt like he was manufacturing points to give them a chance, and then they just made too many turnovers late, and uh, you can't do that against the Raptors, especially when they're that small, because all those dudes can run, all those dudes can can get out in transition, and that that's really the only way the Raptors have scored is like pick and pops with Serge Ibaka, or when they went small with OG Ananobi and transition, like that's. It and Kyle or, Lowry being or Kyle awesome. Lowry just deciding to be Kyle Lowry. Like Kyle Lowry was awesome. You, he's like doesn't make threes for the entire series, and then he decides, okay, I'm just gonna hit some off the dribble line drive threes. Uh, he was on fire. He had the like nice fadeaways against Kemba, who's yeah. playing great defense. Like, and I just don't know. That's what I'm trying to think of. Like, what adjustments do you make if you're the Celtics? Like, sure, I think you're gonna try and do some things on offense to get Kemba going more, even if they're in a box and one, maybe even not because the Celtics like were shooting pretty well. I think other than play better at the start of the third quarter, I don't know like what you really change in terms of uh, the Celtics approach to the game. It's just like two very evenly matched teams and the Celtics are playing phenomenal defense. Um, it's just both teams are shooting like 40%. It's going to be a, it's going to be a slug fest. I'm going to make a totally unwarranted claim. Go I have, it. I have no basis for this belief. I don't think if the Celtics were in game seven, they would have guarded Lowry the same way because they let Kemba get ISOed on him several times. And I think just with the way he was going, they were willing to play the percentages that at some point he was going to miss contested shots. But I think in a game seven, and if they had been facing elimination, you can't afford to play the percentages. At some point, you just have to decide this dude who's killing us. We have to do something that to make him not kill us anymore. And and so I, I thought that was part of it too. And and honestly, like their defense, the Celtics defense through most of the stretch run was awesome. And if Kyle Lowry wasn't hitting some ridiculous shots, then the Raptors wouldn't have scored 
at all for a while until they went absolutely bonkers over the last like two and a half minutes of, of double overtime. But I think when you look at it with with the wide view, it's like, okay, they, they were forcing tough shots for the most part. But then it's like, yeah, they were forcing tough shots, but the dude who was shooting them was was on one. And he, he really was awesome. Lowry. But I don't even know if that adjustment helps because I'm looking back at my notes. Like the Celtics go on that crazy run to hit those four threes, step back in the game, and you get two huge threes from Lowry. But one of them was on Jalen, and I'm pretty sure the other one was on Marcus Smart or is just – if he's going to be knocking down deep threes and pulling up off the dribble, there's not like, yeah, I guess Marcus Smart uh, switching on to him is going to, but I guess that's the thing is like the, if the Raptors are going to do design their entire defense to make it so uh, Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum do not hurt you. I think the Celtics can do more to try to get the ball out of Lowry's hands. Like, if Pascal Siakam's going to finally step up and do something of, of value, like I think that's what you have to force the the Raptors to do. Like Lowry cannot be the one to beat you. Blitz him more on uh, double teams uh, or on pick and roll. Uh, I don't know. It's just you're right. You got to get the ball out of Lowry's hands because he's he's the star straw who stirs the drink for them. And like you know what, if if Norm Powell. And to his credit, he knocked down a big shot. But if they want to go Norm Pal ISO or they want to give the ball to Siakam facing up or posting up, uh, I think that's just a that's a win for the Celtics compared to Kyle Lowry, just because he clearly has the potential to shoot the lights out of the ball. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like "I lost my mojo," or we avoid it altogether with excuses like. I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and an ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash Celtics and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash Celtics today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Celtics. GetRoman.com slash Celtics. I do think Brad would have had more urgency. And maybe I'm wrong there. I mean, he didn't make a sub for the last... However, I'm trying to add up the minutes in my head. 10 plus 12 plus 23 seconds. (laughs) 22 minutes, 23 seconds. He did not make a single sub, so he was urgent. He was definitely urgent. Um, the the other aspect, I don't know if you and Grenham talked about this because I refuse to listen to the podcast <laughs> when I'm, I'm not on it. But like when the Raptors go small, having Gordon Hayward yep. would have given the Celtics, number one, a talent advantage. Number two, a huge size advantage on the perimeter. And number three... They could have switched everything. They could have taken away the OG Ananobi stuff. They could have taken away the pick and pops that 
that ended and their up offense is just so much more dangerous if you can just go to Gordon Hayward as the secondary playmaker. Or I'm just thinking about that one play where Tice ended up taking a three in the corner. Not exactly the shot that you want. It just makes them that much more dangerous. And it's kind of wild because Hayward is back in the bubble. He's clearly not going to play for game seven, but it's it's really wild how much how well the Celtics have played uh, in his absence, but really relying on uh, pretty much five guys. Do you like, I can't even, is there any world where they take Daniel Tice off the court and put in someone like Brad Wanamaker who had another solid game just to get kind of more shooting out of a, if you're just going to try to outsmall the Raptors. I, I think probably a, a more likely decision would be Grant Williams. Um, just because then you can still switch, but also have the the size advantage inside and use Grant Williams as like your your screener, your roller. Because uh, I, I did like, but even I, that seems ridiculous. Because Daniel Tice was huge catching lobs late. It's just like I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm searching for an adjustment that would give the a better outcome for Celtics fans than what happened in Game Six. But it was just two teams playing their asses off, and I don't know if there's like one kind of little fix that can happen that just all of a sudden the, you know, the Celtics are going to have the advantage moving forward. It's just going to be making plays, not turning the ball over late and like continuing to play damn good defense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I, like I've stressed so much until the last two and a half minutes, that five, those five guys defended incredibly. Like the end of regulation was an absolute clinic. The, The Celtics could not score. And still, they went on a 4-0 run over the last 424 of regulation. 4-0. Like, it was just, it was chaos. It was just scrappy nonsense time after time. And, I mean, Tice, that one play that got overturned after the coach's challenge, that was a huge turning point. Celtics were up two. Tice would have been going to the line. And uh, also the fact that OG comes in and wins that uh, jump ball. He also won the jump ball to start the first overtime and the second overtime. Like that's three extra possessions there for the Raptors, which is pretty huge. I think Jalen was on him in the jump ball after the Tice overturn. But like, that's just, I don't know, you you jump higher, like be better at jumping. (laughs) Is that the adjustment? Where, Where is your fear level right now heading into game seven? It's... It's there. I mean, it exists. There's still confidence. I still think the Celtics are the better team just because even in the games they've lost, like game three, they were close. They were in it. In game four where they were terrible, they were in it. So I think they're going to be in the game. Um, But I don't know. For the first day today, or first time today, as I contemplated, like, like, fuck, what if they, what if they lose on Friday? What will I do with my time? Um, it's definitely there. It's definitely, that's a possibility. Anything can happen in a game seven. I just, I think that like the Celtics bounce back and they continue to play well. And I just think the, you know, Kemba, I just don't think Kemba's going to score five points again. I think they're, uh, even though the Raptors uh, are doing everything in their like possible to try to get the ball out of his hands, including a box and one, I think there's opportunities late where, and I think we saw him do this, he knocked down a pretty big shot. I think it was at the end of the um, 
first overtime or towards the end um, where he can just go one-on-one and say, I'm Kemba Walker. Let's do this. Like, I think there's more of an opportunity for him to do that in game seven. And so, um, I don't know. I think just the Celtics still have a, a damn good defense and have more talent. So I'm confident, but not that confident. I mean, I shaved today, tried to change up the mojo. Like, you know, you just got to do things differently. It's just, it's, I don't know. I'm shook. You can tell I'm scared. I'm shook. I don't have the confidence I did uh, two days ago. Yeah, you haven't called Nick Nurse a Karen yet. Well, he's a total Karen. He's a baby and needs to get off the court. And it's absurd that uh, just just whining. Like, does, does, was his whining, has it worked? Has it, like, tipped the, tipped the balances? But I don't know. I also, like, re- like, respect Nick Nurse because the Raptors play so scrappy defense and are able to do things like, oh, let's just, like, throw in a random, like, triangle and two and we're just like let's do all these offenses he's clearly a very good coach uh it's just i don't know man anything can happen in game seven best like i don't think this now but it's apparently the best two words in sports yeah i i will tell you this much the celtics are very very lucky that game seven is on a neutral court the raptors they earned home court advantage during the regular season and they won't have it in game seven. And obviously the series could have gone a lot differently, but when you look at historically the percentages of teams that have won game seven, the home team has prevailed something like 80% of the time. So it's actually kind of wild in this series. Like the home team has lost every single game and the team wearing the black jerseys has won every single game. So I hope the Celtics come out in black uh, in game seven on the road, but you're right. Like, there's just so much about being in like an environment like that where that it's uh, helps to be at home, but this is totally different. Uh, what did you think about? And so Brad Stevens had his press conference today. What did you think about the Kaizen, the Kaizen master? master? His like he said he slept like a baby after after a loss like that. Where there's Celtics no fans, fucking chance he slept like a baby after that one. You call no Brad chance. Stevens a liar? Yes. Yes, did I you am. you say that in the press conference? Did you raise your hand on the Zoom and say, excuse me, sir, are you not telling the truth? I did not. But think about it. Think about it this. Game three, they have a chance to essentially end the series. 0.5 seconds left. I don't think he's thinking about game three. They it's give it the up. Past. Control we can control. Game four. Could have won that too. Let it get away from them. They shot seven for 35 from deep. They couldn't have won that game. Game six. They have a shot with two and a half seconds left in regulation. That doesn't go in. They have They're up a four, four point lead in, in double, double overtime, overtime after yeah. two dunks. Two dunks. They have a three point lead with a minute and a half left. If they lose this series, they will have so many moments to regret and look back on and think, God damn it, this series could have been over four or five different times. And it like they could they could be six six nothing. They could be ahead six nothing in this series. If just a few things go differently. Yeah, but you look at it the same way, they have no business winning game two. Like Marcus Smart goes insane. Like I don't know. You there's so many different ways you could like the only like yeah, clear I, game I, that, that game. was a dumb that was a dumb comment by me because toss up games are toss up games. But but they're like that's the thing is like they've they've dominated two games, game one and game five, 
And then they snuck there. And then there's like the kind of three toss up games, um, which the Raptors have come out ahead of two of them. And so it's do you just think, do you think the Celtics have to just blow them out? I think it would be a lot easier. I think there's certainly uh, it seems whatever for whatever the reason is that like freaking Raptors fans will talk about the heart of a champion or things like that. It seems just like the Raptors are uh, don't get scared. They don't get shook. They, there's no like bad execution. Well, and then I even say that, but like to start the double overtime, it was a uh, Siakam's turning the ball over. Fred Van Vliet had backcourt violation. Like, I don't know. It's, it seems like these teams are just very evenly matched and they, it was, this series was destined to go seven, no matter what, like, the thing that's frustrating is I went into game six being like, okay, the Raptors are against the wall. Like they're going to be playing their asses off. Uh, like obviously they're going to be favored in that game. And I expected them to win. That's why it's even more frustrating because the Celtics did get so close at a chance to close it out. But I don't know. It, it, I think they have Brad to. Stevens didn't sleep like a baby. There's no chance after, after a game where they had like 12 chances to win that he went to bed like a baby. And was like, you know what? Game seven is going to be awesome. He doesn't care about results. The team tried hard. The oh, he cares. Oh, he hard. cares deeply. Oh, He's he not, cares deeply. How dare you challenge the thoughts and wisdom of the Kaizen master? Um, the the other part about game six, which I thought was interesting, is it kind of illustrated how drastically things can shift if just a few swing variables go the other way like Marcus Alt hit a couple shots and boom like that is a huge huge swing for the Raptors the same Pat- with Grant Williams like yeah Grant two Williams threes. same role thing. players doing anything of value just is like a huge boost to the like these two teams yeah and I feel like especially for the Raptors with Siak with Gasol being basically a zero offensively for most of the series and Siakam being totally inefficient most of the time if either of those things change, that makes things a lot more difficult for the Celtics. And I, I don't know if those will. Siakam hasn't shown many signs of of snapping out of his doldrums. Um, but those those are they would be issues if if Gasol starts knocking down shots or Siakam just comes to life. What do you think is the opposite of like that for like the Celtics? So what do you think uh, if something changes? Uh, the Raptors fans are going to be like, oh, if, if Kemba does I, I think score it's Kemba. Five points. If if Kemba knocks down like an early three pointer and gets it going, or if Tatum, I just think he's not been in the zone. I think at all this series, or not been this like in the kind of playoff Tatum. Um, he was he, he was four of eight from three yesterday, but I think three of those came kind of just with the with ball movement and him being wide open. If he can start like knocking down off the dribble threes kind of like he was, if he can get start scoring volume or if he can start scoring efficiently, if there's anything that just like the offense gets a little bit easier for the Celtics, it's going to be much easier to win the game. But I think like the Celtics are playing phenomenal defense and so are the Raptors. I just think the, the Celtics have the kind of the ability or the talent to kind of, to, win that match win their matchup more so than the Raptors do but you're right if Gasol starts hitting threes that's huge if Gasol does anything that's huge or if Siakam does anything that's big but I don't know I I still feel like we haven't had a a great game from Jason Tatum I don't know if it's his wrist is hurt or bothering him it doesn't seem like that's the case but he doesn't 
in just in terms of pure shot making, he had like even his fadeaways, his Kobe style shots have just not fallen for him in ways we've seen earlier. If he can kind of get in a zone, I don't know what the Raptors really do to counter that. Lowry. But he like Tatum needs to be in a Lowry type zone. Like, like, and we just haven't seen that from him in this series. Like going in all the previews is like, we think we're going to win this series because Jason Tatum is the best player in the series. He has not, he has not been best player in the series yet so far. Um, And then, so he needs to have a game seven where, you know, like not shooting nine from 21. Like, I think he just needs to be more efficient. He needs to like score 30 points, but do it efficiently. Um, and be the dominant player so the Celtics can kind of just rest back on just playing great defense. If they just like build up any bit of lead and just like play great defense, I think that's basically I'm saying they need to score more points than the other team. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out the formula for success. It was do good at offense and then also do good at defense. I feel like Tatum needs to be readier to shoot from three. Like, yeah, like he took eight in game six. I still felt like he passed up a few where he had pretty good looks and could have shot him. And I know off off ball really isn't his thing three point wide. Like he he loves the off the dribble ones as much as anything. But against this Raptors team, if you turn down a decent look, you're probably not going to get anything better. And so I, I think as the Celtics look on tape at Game Six. They have to be more decisive with like, okay, this is a good shot. Let's take it. Maybe hunt good, hunt great, but settle for good if they open up. You know, like like you don't yeah. have to against this team. A good shot is something you should definitely pull the trigger. Yeah, you on have it. to trust yourself that Jason Tatum is going to be Jason Tatum. I think he's making the right play often when he's getting blitzed and like they're sending two guys at him. That's why he had nine assists. I still think he could improve about it like that. It seems like Kemba is way better at hitting the role man um, and kind of getting out of those guys. I think he can improve, but if it's just Jason Tatum one-on-one, he can still get good shots and you just need him to kind of be ready to step up and, and take those shots. Um, I think Kemba can do more kind of pull up threes as well. Like the, the Celtics took 47 threes in a game that had an extra 10 minutes on it. We've seen them in games in regulation, like their best games is when they're shooting um, kind of like around 40 uh, games. So I think they can do more to take threes, uh, especially from their stars. Basically their stars need to be better than the other stars. Basketball needs to be basketball, uh, points, buckets, uh, assists, layups, basketball talk. Stars need to be stars. That's that's what game sevens are for. Game sevens are also for Kelly Linux, though. Game sevens aren't always stars being stars. Sometimes there's just like some random dude who does everything. All right. So this is this this is how we'll end it. Pick one guy from each team who you think is good is a chance of being the Kelly Olinick of this game seven. So it can't be a star. I'm taking uh Tatum, Lowry, Kemba, Jalen off off the board we'll take uh fred van vliet off the board too who's just the random guy mark is smart if he's not off the board then it's him it's him i mean i feel like he has to be off the board because then it's like of course it's going to be him who's who who who's a player not in the top four i'm flustered right now jay it's game seven i'm nervous but not in the top four who's the player is going to step up and be uh the hero of this game seven potentially for the celtics um 
That's a good question. Because I got my answer for the Raptors, and right now I just settled on it, and it's making me furious because I feel like if I say it out loud, it might happen. But it's going to be Matt Thomas. That is a bad call. Matt Thomas is going to come in and knock down like three threes in the third quarter. There's no chance Matt Thomas is a Game 7 hero. I'm, I'm what, calling what, what were the chances that. that Kelly Olynyk was going to be a game seven hero? Kelly Olynyk was a good NBA player. Not a great one, but a good one. So that is disrespectful to Kelly Olynyk to even put him in that conversation. Did I just do a classic white guy, white guy comparison? Is that what I did? Am I guilty of the very thing that I uh, shame Shaq for? Yeah, that was that was bad. I, I'm going to go with I, – I think it's Gasol for the Raptors just because I think the Celtics will – They'll not concede those threes, but they're going like that's going to be the last priority for them to contest. And I, I think he'll have open ones. And if he makes those, that's a big deal uh, for the Celtics. I'm going Grant Williams because I do think Toronto is going to go super small a lot in game seven. And the Celtics, they won't play Daniel Tice the entire time. I don't know if they can get away with Robert Williams guarding like OG Ananobi or somebody. I don't think they can. So I think Grant Williams at center will be a thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe they do go to Brad Wanamaker. Maybe I they think do it's go the, smaller than than bigger. That's my pick is is Brad Wanamaker because in a game seven, you want someone who is two things, solid and sturdy. sturdy. <laughs> and that's exactly what Brad Wanamaker is. He's knocked down some big three-pointers uh, in the past two games that he's played. He's also confident going to the rim. He had some damn good assists, if I remember, uh, in his stint in the third quarter. Uh, before Brad stopped making turnovers. I just think we know Brad likes to go to that three-guard lineup, um, especially when teams go small. I just think it's a different wrinkle, and he has the opportunity to kind of – he shoots with confidence. He's pretty good three-point shooter. Um, so if anyone can come in and kind of change the energy, uh, maybe you counter Lowry with another uh, Philly uh, dude, and you just like – they out-Philly each other. Who knows? Grab the Philly mojo. There's you really think I don't think you can go to Grant Williams in a game seven. Like, I know he's not technically a rookie, but like he's still a rook. Like, wouldn't you much rather rely on the decision making of uh, Brad Wanamaker than like foul happy Grant Williams? I know he brings in a lot of energy. I know he tips balls. I know he's like, but he's just going to like, I don't know. I just see it messing up. See, your fear, your fear is coming out. I'm fear. I'm scared. (laughs) But but you, you didn't admit to the level of fear that you have. You are I, you are in constant fear right now. You're you're worried about everything. Yeah, buddy. I mean, I think the there's a great tweet I saw earlier. It was like going into the season, I was just like, oh, this is going to be a fun season. I don't know uh, what's going to happen, but we should just enjoy it. I literally wrote that exact article for Boston.com, being like, oh, the Celtics have no chance of winning the title this year. Let's just enjoy the ride, folks. And now, like, if they lose Game Seven, the whole world is over. Like it is just and everything's lined up for them too. Milwaukee got knocked off. Miami is vulnerable, even though they've played well. They better win, Jay. They better lot win. on the line in Game Seven. Lot on the line. Lot on the line. We will. I will be here after Game Seven uh, to break it all down because it is a crazy late start. Jay will probably not be there, but win or lose. Uh, You'll get all of my emotions live on Periscope and then live on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, we'll continue. We'll all obviously break, bring Jay back and break down whatever happened in Game 7. Hopefully it's previewing uh, an Eastern Conference Finals and not doing exit interviews. But 
We shall see. Anything can happen in game seven. I'm clearly nervous. Jay is not nervous. Jay is just loving this because it's uh, competitive basketball, and he's wanted this series for like four years now. But uh, I hope you guys are loving the podcast because it's been fun ride for us. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Everything is Portable.